creatives welcome to another episode of unpublished my name is amy i'm james and today we are doing a q and a related to our business questions so sort of a follow-on from our last episode uh from last week um we got questions that were sent in via instagram and we just want to kind of dive in a little deeper to some of these really really good questions yeah we, we were planning to do this last week but um thought that we almost went for an hour so we thought oh we'll probably just back it off to this week Mm. give us something to actually do so we don't have to think of an episode <laughs> um we always love doing q a episodes they're really enjoyable before we begin i want to as inspired by africa brooke talk about the tea we're drinking this is now if any of you can i don't know if you can tell or if you've seen the behind the scenes setting up for the podcast is often a little bit of a stressful experience for me and james for our relationship we're stuck in the little corner of our bedroom we get very on top of each other james has to do with the mics so i've decided to bring some peace into this process we've got a new ritual and i brew a big pot of tea for our podcast and today we are drinking a tea from Sansis Ritual, who is a beautiful creative, part of the Inspire Collective. It's so beautiful. I've got two beautiful blends from her. And this one, James picked because it has skull cap in it. And it just sounded badass. Yeah, James wanted to drink a badass tea. It has skull cap and chamomile and rose. I'm sure it's just like probably some really cute looking plant that looks a bit, is it white? <laughs> and it's good. Have you tried it? Yeah, it's really good. It's really lovely. Amazing. And it's making me very peaceful. And, and we're not going to bicker. Shots, already had four shots of coffee today. So yeah, so I needed the needed peace. needed herbal tea. Yeah. So we can be peaceful. All right, let's dive into these questions, shall we? That was actually a metaphor for business. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, questions. Okay. What would you tell five years ago, Amy and James? Any advice for the long term? Man, you know, the first thing that came to my head was that cliche of, I wouldn't change anything because all the mistakes we made was... Which maybe is true. Maybe it's a cliche because it's true. Like, I, I, I do feel like a certain amount of stumbling about is really important. But what would I tell them to make the journey easier, maybe? Yeah. Um, I think I would tell Amy that, as we were saying last week in the podcast, I would say, don't be afraid to teach. Like, don't be afraid to really embrace this role as a teacher. Mm. Um, and don't be afraid to don't pigeonhole yourself as one thing as this as a fiction writer. Like, you yeah. are you have a you're writing. You have a m- multiple skills that come from your core skill of writing. Yeah. Um, and you know you've given yourself a lot. You have more range than you think you do. And don't yeah. be afraid to play, maybe outside of what you think is your current niche. Oh, I love that. I love that piece of advice. It sounds like a love note to me. Like, yeah, don't niche down. And I think we're told again and again and again, the only way you're going to succeed is if you niche down. The only way you're going to succeed is if you get specific. But for me, I was was going to say exactly the same thing, but you said it much more eloquently than I was thinking in my head. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Allow yourself to think outside of the box. Allow yourself to try things that perhaps, you know, you didn't envision on this creative journey. Um, Notice if your ego is really honing in on one way to do this and and fuck shit up don't allow it to happen because even though i think that you started embracing your role as a coach um at the right time for you that doesn't mean that if you hadn't done it earlier you wouldn't have grown faster and gotten to the right time faster yeah like you did do it i think at a good time like you were ready yeah but i don't think you should necessarily be waiting until you feel ready yeah like and you probably didn't feel ready at the time right no i did not feel so ready. even though it was probably good timing from a business standpoint. You weren't ready. No. Yeah. I think we forget that. Um, I mean, I wrote a post about this this morning about 
um, teaching and stepping up into leadership roles and creativity. Um, okay, my brain just like completely phased out. And, I was, and now I don't know what Advice to you when you're starting out. <laughs> the brain fog's back, James. All day today, I've just been like, what? What? Do we want to talk about brain fog quickly? No, it's okay. But I, I do need everyone to know that I experience crazy brain fog. And I I'm call not it sure. Sprained brain. Sprained brain. I'm not sure if it's something to do with my health at the moment, but it's crazy. Like I'll just start talking and then I'm, then it just It's like, like often you just you can't away. find a word that yeah. like should be really easy for you to find. I honestly don't know what I was going to say. It was something about stepping up into teaching roles and how it's really important that as creatives, if we're called to leadership and if we see, you know, people who need to be taken care of, that we do, you know, step up there. And we need to understand that we all have something to give each other. We all have something to teach each other. Even if you're very early on in the game, you have so much to teach other people. Um, like it's just that's just how humanity works we all have something to give to another person so if you feel like it's too early or you know you're just not ready i'd really encourage you to question that and make sure that you're not getting in your own way there in terms of if you're feeling called to teach and feeling called to uh, hold other creatives on this journey yeah and in the any advice in the long term um it probably would be i think and something we still haven't really nailed down is getting help with finances early would be good yeah like having just trying to find a good accountant that you want to work with um, you know, accountants don't have to be these really expensive things. Like you can do a lot of the work, you can front load a lot of the work yourself. But yeah. it's just like having someone who knows. Like, I mean, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a tax question later, which we'll we talk about separately. But just getting people who actually know. It just for you to you can often feel like you're doing freaking illegal shit. Like when you work for <laughs> when you work for someone else. I don't know if this is how tax works um, outside of Australia, but like you know, your employer essentially is organizing your tax for you. And then yes, you have a tax return at the end of the year where you might double check things and like maybe you get a tax return but it's just like mostly done for you um i'll talk about this later yeah okay just, yeah hold on like, hold on but you can feel like you're doing illegal shit all the time because yeah. no one's holding your hand so yeah. it's just good to have someone to be like no, no you're fine you're doing all right yeah. you're not being and illegal that doesn't, that doesn't have to be expensive that advice no it doesn't have to be expensive okay cool we'll get we'll get dive deeper into the finances in a bit mm. did you wait till you were making money to invest in your business um, and then the second part of this question is, how do you balance investing in your business, supplies, ads, etc., with income? Jamie? Really good question. So um, how, so I'll answer the second part first. How do you balance investing in your business with income? Um, we generally, uh, the way this works is we I keep a lot more money than we need in the business account. So I build a bu- I build a buffer out. Well, first of all, we have a business account and Sorry. an income account. So everything goes first into the business account before I even decide to pay us anything. Um, and I think a good approach is which we sh- we we should do more, which we should do even better is you have you decide on an income for yourself essentially. Um, we don't do this all the time. I would like to get into the practice of doing this because I think it would be neater. It's like we know this is how much we need to live our day to day, so we pay ourselves a salary and the rest stays in the business account. But as it is basically at the moment is. I won't let our business account drop below a certain amount, which I feel like is the buffer that's going to allow us to really effectively and um, deploy funds into the business as we need them. Yeah. So what that means is, oh, fuck, we really need a camera. Yeah. Well, there's the buffer built in already to the business account. It's almost like a savings account. It's like you could, it's like a business savings. Like a business account is more like savings for the business. It's also where we transact out of. And, you know, I'm not saying this is the best way to do it. We, we I kind of made this up as I went along, to be honest with you. I'm sure there's some probably some accountant that have been like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Oh, my God. No. Never do this. No. But I really like, I, it just makes me feel from, like, a, a subjective perspective, having a financial buffer in the business account 
makes me just feel like we're in control of the mm. business and we can do any anything that comes up, anything we want to do for the business, we can do. Yeah. Immediately, quickly, respond, bam. Yeah. And that means foregoing some personal income in the short term. Yeah. Um, like we can't just dump like everything in the business account. Like we can't just go, oh, let's just dump that all into our personal account and go out to dinner or like go on a fancy holiday or something. It's like, no, that's for the business. Yeah. So it, we're very lucky because we love, for me anyway, investing in the business feels so fun and it feels like it gives me huge endorphin hits and I love it. Like I think I feel so lucky because I love this journey we're on so much. So it doesn't feel like a sacrifice a lot of the time, mm. you know, like we were going to get a good camera so we can record the podcast and, you know, put it up on Spotify and maybe even YouTube. And there's so many exciting things that come with investing in a camera. Like it just feels like investing in art, you know, and I guess when you do what you love investing in your business feels like fun it feels really fun but you know like i think maybe what what also this question is getting at is we do, we don't know what we're going to earn every every month uh we have no idea um we have like the, the membership really helps um mm. so if you're a member of the spike collective like thank you so much you give us a lot more like uh we make Stability. you help us feel more stable and settled um and it's such a gift to us but even then so that's still two-thirds of our income that is going to come from something else. Yeah, we just don't the, know. Or like, you know, maybe it would be a lot or a little this month. Like, it's really hard to plan. That's why I like to have this buffer because it's like, like we just did the sale, for example. And whenever we do a sale, we get a huge spike in income. Yeah. But it also means that, so essentially the way we think about it is people who are in, um, you know, in, in marketing, you have the funnel. So you have your top funnel, middle funnel, bottom funnel. So like uh, top funnel representing people who maybe have just come across you. They're not ready to buy yet. Middle middle funnel is people who are getting a bit more familiar with you and in the bottom they're like they're ready to purchase from you um so what we think about it when we do a sales we're essentially pushing people down the funnel faster so then we have mm. a more empty top funnel meaning that we're going to make fewer sales over the next few months after us after a sale yeah so we that's just a fluctuation in our income right and it's hard it's actually that is probably one of the more stressful parts about running a business it's like getting comfortable with that irregular income yeah i really I, I mean, especially as someone, if you've been on the, you know, on this podcast for a while, you know, I have a lot of money stories because I got so badly in debt for a very long time. Like I really panic. Well, I'm learning not to, but initially it really did make me panic in these months where we have much lower income. And then we, after, especially like after a, you know, a big event, after a product launch. Or a launch, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, you get the ebbs and flows. And in those lows, I was always like, holy shit, nothing is coming in. What are we going to do? And this is something that I need to manage and I need to get my money stories in check. And I'm doing that. I'm much better at it now. Um, I trust that this journey ebbs and flows and that, you know, we have these buffers. We also have our savings account. So it's like if we are in trouble, we've got like protection there, both for the business and for our personal life. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just like making sure when you have these influxes that you're not just spending, spending it all it right all. away. Like yeah. You've got to be disciplined with putting aside like massive chunk of it. Yeah, and that's what we do. Like we're putting aside half of the money we made in that sale, assuming that we're going to need it for our per- like just to live later. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we, we also put away the tax, but we'll get to tax later. Yeah. I was also just going to say we are lucky. We don't have children. Uh, we don't have any huge um, like financial obligations in terms of like just like day-to-day living. So in that way, um, we're very lucky and privileged because we don't, there's not a huge amount of stress. If we have a very low, you know, mm. low income month, we can just adjust the way that we're living. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. You know, it's it's easy for us to be agile and i think sometimes mm. you got to think about your own circumstances and um, what's going on for you um yeah and 
yeah, you know, you, you're not supposed, we're never prescribed to you a specific oh my God, way yeah. to run you your know. business. <laughs> this is not financial advice. Yeah. Um, but you guys know that. All um, right. Uh, so the first part of this question, James, we kind of skipped over it. Did you wait till you were making money to invest in your biz? Can I, can I take this one? Yeah, go for it. I think you could have seen the answer to this question in the podcast episode last week because I was coaching initially. Um, and we, oh, every time. The video. I'll be back. You keep talking. <laughs> Why does this it's happen? It's at the seven minute mark. Something weird happens. It is weird. Um, so I was coaching for a long time. We invested a little bit in the website, but I had a friend do it. And we had very, very little expense happening in the business when we just started. When I was doing all my coaching one-on-one, we just didn't. And we had not invested anything really in the business apart from, I think, my beautiful friend, you know, I paid her $400 to do our website. And, and that was basically it. And then we had the income from my one-on-one coaching um, and it was coming in and, and, you know, it was a lot of work, but it, you know, we were surviving. And then we decided to do the journaling compendium. And with the journaling compendium, when we started selling it again, you know, it was a blessing that like we have to pay for Squarespace, but this money that was coming in, you know, we hadn't had to invest in it. I wrote the book, put it on Squarespace, and then we got all that income. And basically all the income from the journaling compendium, we just invested right back in. Um, like I think we business. went, you know, we had, did we talk about this last week where we had like yeah. the goals? And it's like, you know, when we hit our hundred sales, we did take ourselves out to, yeah, to, to dinner. dinner. Um, but we did put most of, almost all of it back into. Yeah. So whilst food. we use the one-on-one coaching to live, we, uh, when the compendium came out, we just pulled, we, that was really when we started pulling all, a lot of money back into the business and really started uh, kind of leveling up what we were doing. Um, so that was probably like a year in where we really started pulling money and pulling it back in. Oh, you know, I just want to make a confession here because to just highlight our privilege for once is that we started our business right after getting married and we used a bit of the, we used quite a lot of the money. Like people gave us cash for our wedding. Mm. Um, like a lot of the, you know, elder relatives gave us cash and we actually like, we put a lot of that into the business too. Yeah, no, that's so true. So I just wanted to flag that because I forgot to mention it last week. Yeah. No, we start, yeah, we did start it right after we got married and we did have, I mean, it, we, it was such a beautiful position that we were in and we were able to, I think it also just tied us over as we were doing something so risky. We knew, yeah. oh, thank God, like we're not gonna. So that's why I think I think it's hard to take our, like, you know, unless you're in our very specific, very lucky situation where we were living with my parents, we were, um, just had just gotten married. So we had an influx of, you know, some say we suddenly had some savings. Yeah. Um, and it was like, that's just a, it's a it was a weird and very lucky and privileged position to be in so yeah. not, you know if, you, if your life circumstances are different i feel like you know don't feel bad if you can't put every cent into your business all it does is like it's a little bit of an accelerant yeah it was an accelerant we and, were and so, amy was, so lucky and as amy was hitting on that that just meant that you know we could pay for things like the website or we paid yeah for, we actually paid you know some things that aren't crucial like we paid for some business coaching oh yeah um that's what we, you know in that first year we, we put quite a bit of that money into business coaching which you know you you which was helpful definitely um, but you don't have to do it. Yeah, you don't Things have to like do that. Things like that. Um, yeah. Actual overheads. You know, the great thing is that actual overheads when you run a business as a creative, for us, like, very low overheads, very high profit margins. Especially for uh, writers. Yes. So we have no, um, we don't need, what's the word I'm trying to find? Oh my God, it's brain brain again. It's brain brain. We don't need uh, supplies like we don't yes, need art supplies yes. we don't i mean yeah exactly i mean we needed our laptops but we, we laptop, luckily had you know, them i think yeah amy had a when one of the first things we did this is even before our wedding before we had that little influx of savings is one of the first things we did when amy started 
coaching is we got her a new fucking laptop yeah because your laptop was a piece of shit went screech do you remember i had to force you to do it i was like we're not spending that much money i was so and she like dragged me in and i was so grumpy and like the apple guy was like what is wrong with you and you know what and you would not get the extra storage you would not get above 256 gigabytes and like that has just bitten you in the ass i know it was a horrible decision like it was such a shit decision because you never have any space in your laptop i know i'm sorry i don't want to rub that in but i know it's okay i'm working on my money stories they're getting better and better every day that was but that was because we literally it was a stage where you you still had credit card debt and you were like that was your first big purchase for the business yeah and you were like fuck i don't want to do this so you were like i want to spend the bare minimum whereas it would have like you know of course it's easy to say now oh we should have gotten the yeah but we were not in that with a terabyte of storage blah 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 but you know we had no guarantee we're going to make money so we we did really go for the the um cheapest choice yeah yeah we did i mean we still got the mac which is not the cheapest choice but it's like you know what i'm trying to say like we, we didn't get the maxed out one because we were still a little bit like oh where is this going yeah yeah um i'm sorry you know i feel i'm just realizing now that you know you're asking us these questions and it's hard for us to feel like authorities because i really do just feel like we just and maybe this is the answer is that it's okay to be making mistakes in these areas when you start yeah. out like it's um you you're, you can't because of the nature of the business because you don't have to like sign a two-year lease on some kind of warehouse or something like yeah you don't have to worry too much about that risk. Like it's um, hopefully you're not spending tens of thousands of dollars on something and not going into debt to start these creative businesses. Yeah, I mean, I guess that some in some circumstances you might feel the need that you might have to, and so you want yeah. to save up to make a big investment. But for us, we just didn't need to save up to make the to, to start this business. We just yes. didn't need an initial influx of cash, and I think. A lot, a lot of us can do it without the initial influx of cash, yeah, and like, we just start growing it slowly. And try, yeah, and try and start at the, try and start at the lowest level possible. Like, just get your, you know, maybe have to pay for hosting costs for your website if you want to do e-commerce, for example. Mm. Like, that's really the main thing you need, probably. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people have a real resistance to starting off small. Like, they want to have all the savings, and they want to when they start their business to start off big. But that is, I think, it is such a huge and very clever way to procrastinate ever stepping out there and putting yourself out there and taking up space. You're allowed to start small. In fact, we all have to start small. It's really a compulsory part of the journey. Mm. And I think that was what we needed to do for us. Like, we started small, and then as we made money, uh, we were able to feed that back in, and then it could grow a tiny bit bigger. Like, we just, you can't start big. You know, it, it's very different being a creative to being a startup because a startup needs, like, capital. first of all, they need, they need, they need capital, like massive amounts of capital. You need millions of dollars of capital to run a startup because you need, you know, 10 engineers, and you need a marketing department, you need PR people, you need, like, um, executive assistants. Like, you need, you just need a whole fucking shitload of shit. Mm. Um, even hosting costs for their websites can be massive. Like, it's like, you don't need to generate capital like a startup does yeah and you don't need to run at a loss like a startup does for years and years and years and years and years yeah you can start profitable straight away yeah because your overheads like you don't need the team you don't need the um you know you don't need to pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to a coder to to make some kind of machine learning algorithm for you or something like it's just like these things like we're so in many ways so lucky as creatives like we just we can just ignore a lot of the bullshit of yeah. a lot of business yeah we can you are the you don't, art. Have, you don't have the staff staffing costs like 
unless you eventually get to the point where you want to. But you don't need to start there. You don't have the infrastructure costs. I feel like yeah. a lot of people are like, okay, I want to start a business, so I need a personal assistant. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Like, no, not right now. Like, yeah, maybe you will want to employ people. You know, maybe you will want an office space. But like starting by looking for an office space or starting by looking for, you know, um, people to work for you is just like, it's not where you need to go initially. And realize how... If you're in a creative business like us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know, James, I, I'm but... just clar- I know, I, I know, I'm just clarifying. <laughs> okay, next question. How important is having a blog and or websites? I really like this question. Yeah, I think I think personally, well, it, I mean, it depends what you want to do. True. If you want to run a business, it's essential to have a website. Yes. I think 100% essential. You cannot be operating. I'm going to say you almost, in 99% of cases, you cannot be operating. I mean, I know some people run coaching out of their DMs. Yeah. I just don't think it's as efficient. Nor do I. And look, Rebel, you know, disagree with us, like, very valid. We, as as we have been continually telling you, we are not. We're just sharing our experience here. But when I come across a creative who is trying to run a business and they don't have a website, it really frustrates me and I feel lost almost. Like, I don't understand how to connect or make impact, not or make, like, make a connection with them. Mm. Um, a blog, like so but i mean maybe for writers that can be a you know a beautiful way to showcase what you can do but a website is crucial especially in this age where you know we just don't really have a lot of control over our social media platforms they can be ripped you know out from under you very quickly you know zuck's a madman and he does have a weird amount of control and because instagram and tiktok have no support system built into it essentially so we can't reach out when something goes wrong with our accounts like we can't it's un like it blows my mind the lack of accessibility there is there but we need to protect ourselves we need to have our own safe space that we own and that is why a website is so important we need our own safe space away from you know these social platforms that we do not own and that we do not have control over and you know if you if you're trying to give everyone all the information about your business through your bio on instagram and your stories like even even an about page on facebook it's like no, you want to differentiate yourself through your website. You want people to get a sense of your personality through your website. Like they want to, you want them to come there and be like, oh, I'm in Amy's space now. Mm. This is Amy's space and I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. And obviously a website is a beautiful way to, you know, Squarespace, is, we use Squarespace and it's an incredible platform to literally just set up your sales and to have people purchasing from you via your website. Like it's a very smooth integrated very easy system to use and mm. put up products on yeah especially once you get the hang of it like sure there might be a little learning curve yeah there, yeah, but I yeah. Think, like, you just you know put in a little put in a few hours of, of work and and you will see that it's actually quite a user-friendly fun system yeah well sometimes it can be fucking a pain in the ass yeah but that's usually you know that's always that that's the um the old coders problem um which is what is it problem exists between oh it's funny James between used to screen- be a coder, by the way. Problem exists between screen and keyboard. I, it's your, it's, it's you, you. Your, it's your fingertips. <laughs> that's the problem. And I know it often feels like, oh, tech is deliberately working against you, but actually, it's usually, oh, actually, there was quite a simple solution to that. I'm just, you just missed it. I just hadn't, I just missed it. Fuck you. Just it requires, you know, patience when we're doing that side of things. And I know a lot of you really don't even want to think about it. Like it feels really intimidating, and it feels too much. Um, and I would invite you, first of all, I want to acknowledge that like this side of business can feel very intimidating and very not creative, but I would invite you to question that outlook for, I used to think that too, like I didn't want to have anything fucking to do with any of this, um, but it can be so creative and it can be such a beautiful way to kind of infuse who it is you are and what it is you're doing. Um, 
onto a new platform and that can be really really fun um and also you can get support and you can also pay people to do this if you have the privilege to be able to outsource this there are so many people out there who are, who can serve you in this realm yeah yeah anything else there uh, what about the blog yeah i mean blog i think uh I think you should have something like if it's a podcast or a blog, just something where people can come and look and spend a bit more time with you. Yeah, I like that a lot. We often talk about the benefit of having a podcast is that like, even if you only have five listeners, like maybe a client's going to come and be like, oh yeah, I'll listen to one of their podcasts and see what their vibe is like. Mm. And they're not going to know you only have five listeners, but they just yeah. see your podcast and be like, okay, I wanted to work with this person. I've listened to them talk for an hour now. Yeah. They seem awesome or they seem like my vibe. Yeah. I'm going to employ them yeah. or buy from them. Yeah. Yeah, just a way for um, yeah your potential client, potential patron to just sit with you and absorb your essence a bit more. I just think it's a, it's a good, easy, free way to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you don't absolutely have to do, but can be even if you just have a few episodes or a few blog posts. Like I think it can be really great. Yeah, not essential. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But yeah, we're big on the websites, guys, and I'm also very big on the mailing lists. Again, for the same reason, so you can have direct contact with your people um that is not through a social media platform i i very rarely send out emails um but i love that i've got i know that i could message you when if i wanted to speak to you like i've got your you know i've got you in my address book and i can reach out to you when i want yeah there's this concept of the moat in business which is like you know the castle's moat so instagram and tiktok have don't really have a moat like someone you know you could see that when tiktok came along and took so much of instagram's market share because there was nothing really stopping just another social media company just coming along and building a better Instagram or a more addictive Instagram. And there's nothing stopping another company coming along and building a more addictive TikTok. But like the moat around email, like, is there really going to be a... like? Can you explain it a bit better? So <laughs> the moat is what's protecting their market share. Like it's right. like too difficult to replicate something. Like yeah. it's too easy to replicate Instagram. Yeah. Really, it has a lot of advantages. Like I'm not saying Instagram's going to disappear tomorrow. Like it has a lot of... Especially it has a lot of um, network effect. It has a lot of... Uh, it's hard to just shift that many users away from something. Yeah. But you could see with TikTok, it actually wasn't as hard as it seemed to take a lot of their market share. Just yeah. by building... Just like... By know, building, a new, building a new app that was yeah. just really addictive. Whereas email, it's like... It's very difficult to encroach on email's territory. Yeah. It's like, it's email. Email is email. Like, it's like... <laughs> I mean, people will probably say that about writing letters or something. But, you know, it's like... Email seems... Is, is entrenched. Yeah. And it's hard to crack. It's hard for people to take it away from you. Yeah. It's hard. Like, it's a technology that just... Technology with a lot of advantages. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it seems basic. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, it's survived for a long time for a reason. Yeah. And so we need to use it. Mm. And and I feel like it's a much better place to put, um, like, your bets on. Like, have, have that connection with your people so that you can email them when you want. And, you know, growing your email list can happen you know we've done it really slowly really quite organically uh just through just occasionally mentioning it at the moment we have obviously you can get the journaling compendium my first ever book baby if you sign up like having an offering it's another really great way to just you know to have people spend time with you and your work if you have that free offering Mm. it's been a really interesting and great way to grow our business actually it's also an incredible portal to sales because i think we find that People on the email list, they're already very activated creatives. They already know who I am. They're already interested in what I do. A lot of them have already read the journaling compendium. So when I email and say, I've got a new product or I've got a sale on, they're very activated um, creatives. They, they buy. And it's also, you know, it's good for them because 
they might have missed your story post or yeah. Instagram post because the algorithm wasn't serving up something. Yeah. Whereas the, there's no email algorithm. Yeah. It just appears chronologically in your inbox. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it goes to junk, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Fan of email. Love, love, love. All right. Are taxes a pain in the butt to deal with? Uh, nope. Okay. So obviously now we are very specifically talking about Australian taxes. Um, yes. This it's might right. look very different to you. It has been really easy for us the last uh, three years because all we do is any dollar we make, we put 30 cents away into a tax account. And what, And we choose to do... Uh, no, you know what? I just shouldn't talk because like, I completely bailed out of yeah. this. Um, so that's any personal like any personal income. So we, don't, so we were given the advice once to put 30 cents away from any dollar the business makes. I just felt that... I found that that really throttled the business because so we had less money to spend either on the business or on our day-to-day we just felt we felt poor Mm. and we were just basically waiting for tax time to get our money back Mm. that we pretty we're pretty sure we're gonna get back anyway so instead what i do is anytime i want to draw down personal income for us say i want to draw down um a thousand dollars um really i only draw down seven hundred dollars and i put three hundred dollars into a tax account yeah so that's just how i do it and then um it, it roughly works out. I, we might have to increase that number at some point when we, if our income keeps going up. But yeah. it's like, because at the moment, like you don't even hit the 30 cent tax bracket. Like we're, we're only hitting that halfway through the year or something. Yeah. So it's like we're we're still getting taxed back at the end because we're putting money aside as if we're already in the 30 cent tax bracket yeah. from the beginning of the year. And yeah. you know, even if we brush up into the 40 something cent bracket by the end, which I don't think we even do because it's like, anyway, maybe we, maybe we will this year. I can't remember. I haven't worked it out yet. Um, then, well, that'll be made up for by the fact that when we didn't need to be putting money aside, yeah, we were. Yeah. So it's just like, you essentially, and then when tax time comes, it's like, oh, well, we, we have all this money in this separate savings account, which is just for tax. Mm. And we just get back anything that we have oversaved. It's a good time. Yeah. I speak to a lot of creatives who don't put their money aside and just hope that, you know, they'll have the money at tax time. And just speaking to these people makes me very anxious. Mm. Um, obviously it's a bit fiddly like it is you know James has to be involved in the money because you know as a normal employer like you're, ta- you're you just get taxed like you don't ever have to do anything or take away your tax but it's not doesn't seem to stress you out that much it would stress me out but that's because I, I don't understand properly well it's happening you know, if, I if did it initially employee, didn't I did you yeah I remember yeah and I, and I had that tax account and I put everything in the tax yeah account. you did you were a good girl I was a good girl you know it, that's what if it you're went, an employee that's what's happening anyway it's just that you don't really you don't notice it because it's happening before the money lands into your account it's like yeah the, the business your your employer is doing it for you yeah so it's like you just got to be doing that role as the employer and you know there are all sorts of structures you can do like we should we're not incorporated where um actually we're not even a partnership we're a sole trader sole trader which we should probably be thinking about if we were a partnership it'd probably be more effective for tax we've just been lazy on that to be honest with you where yeah. it would be like because then we could split the income 50-50 and like Ta- and then that significantly reduce our tax we wouldn't do that <laughs> Jamie put on the to-do list I know and the other thing is that, is that we use zero so yeah. um, we pay for zero which is an accounting tool uh, and that just you know you have to do a bit of work you, you can set up automations where it's like any transaction so we run everything all our money that we make from the website goes straight into our business account and then we siphon from there to all our other sub accounts. But everything goes to the business account. And then that's what zero is pointing at our business account. And it's seeing anything that comes in, we we have to classify it through zero as like it's um 
you know, this was a business expense, this is a personal expense, business expense, this is the type of expense it was. It seems like a lot of work, but eventually you just have automation set up and it just does it automatically, basically. Yeah. Um, so after the, a little bit of initial couple hours of grunt work, it's pretty much all done for you. Yeah. And it's super easy. Yeah. And then time, come tax time, you have like a, a beautiful report you can send off to your accountant. And we do, yeah, we use an accountant at tax time, as we said. Um, my computer's about to run out of battery. Can I just, I'm just going to get my charger. All right, I'll just take over and talk about all right. the taxes. I'll just have a break here and talk about how, for James, like, you know, this is not too challenging for him. But if I was to do it, I would just want to recognize that, like, I would find it quite overwhelming. Like, it, as he said, like, it's not actually that hard once you get around to it. But I want to acknowledge that it can be really challenging to um, just have to sit with this and have to figure it out like that learning curve can be really hard for creatives like this is often really not our strong point so i just want to you know acknowledge that um but you owe yourself you owe your art um to really do this properly so that you're not fucking yourself over so that you're not fucking over your opportunity to make money off of your art so that you're not you know betraying yourself and your creative career um so mother yourself as you deal with the finances particularly at the beginning of the journey but any change in the journey you know when you have to do something new when you have to learn uh on the financial side of things mother yourself be gentle with yourself but make sure that you do it properly and get the help that you need to do it properly so that you're not fucking yourself on this side of the business because too many creatives will fuck it because it's just not their vibe and it's just too hard and that's me like that's what i would have done um i half-assed it and I just want to encourage all of us, including myself, that to not betray ourselves in this part of the journey just because it is hard and it's not, you know, in our set of strengths. Because this is still your creative career. This is still you making impact, you connecting, and you deserve to do this properly and have the support that you need to do it. Do you know why I secretly haven't made us a partnership yet? Why? I still believe in my heart of hearts that one day I'm going to be a crypto millionaire. <laughs> and I don't want to have any income that day when I cash out. Why? So that you can... So that I can cash out from a zero tax basis. James, it's really fucking dumb. That's so dumb. I know. It's so unbelievably dumb. It's really dumb, <laughs> but I love it. Love the fantasy. Okay. Um, how to create a few healthy streams of income to avoid relying on one, and then I'm not entirely sure what the end of this means. What does this mean? For relying on one or. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know the, the first half... Um, How to create a few healthy streams. Don't start off being like, I need to have five income streams That's straight a, away. Yeah. It's build. Yeah, build. So build from one, start with one, and then once one's doing well, then build in the second. Yeah. And you're creative, like you'll want more, you know? Yeah. like, And this is, again, making sure that your ego doesn't get you really stuck on one idea, one one project, one one way of doing it. Like allow yourself to, oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? Something um, that I find really useful is having James, obviously having someone to talk to and having a judgment-free zone where we can be like, what if we did this? And it could be a really stupid idea, but having the space to just, um, you know, dream. Oh, what would happen? What- what would happen if we, you know, did a podcast about this? What would happen if we created a book that looked like this? What if we did a book together? What if we, you know, and these ideas tumble out of you and really make an open space for ideas to come out that aren't constrained by, you know, who we is we think we should be as an artist. And you don't need a husband to do that. You you don't need a partner in this sense to do that. You need you just need to find those relationships that allow that unjudgmental space for you to, you know, think about what more you want to create. Like you are so full of 
you know, potential creations. And there's so many things that you have within you that could be made manifest in this real world. Um, you just need to find a space to articulate them and to play with them and to, to look at them non-judgmentally to see all those different streams of things that you could create. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this the other day um, in terms of people, I often feel like, oh, we're so lucky that we have each other, but it's like, and then, you know, I see a lot of people, I'm so proud of people like MJ who and Gowrie who start their podcasts by themselves and they just talk themselves like it's an amazing <laughs> skill but I also think like you know you don't have to do it alone if you don't want to like you can try and find a friend yeah try and find a friend you bounce ideas off like do you know how many people actually would love to start a podcast but they're just like they're never going to do it yeah because they don't want to work it out yeah like I'm sure you have some like I mean, like, maybe you have some brilliant friends who would love to be in a podcast with you or who would love to have creative uh, do creative ideation with you but they're just like they're waiting for you yeah also, there are communities like, you know, it's been amazing to watch in the Inspire Collective create. I mean, like, oh, my God, it's one of my favorite things to do. Watching creators collaborate with each other. That's been something incredible. Like speaking to a creative uh, collective member the other day who is working with another collective member and creating something new together. And it just, you know, these communities are out there. And if you feel and I really want to acknowledge this, if you feel creatively isolated right now, and I felt like that for a really long time. No offense, James, but you weren't in the zone. Um that's really hard and offense I, taken <laughs> um i i felt like all my friends just weren't in what i was wanting to do i felt so starved from like creative conversation like i just needed to find my people and this might be an invitation for you to really realize that you need to go and do a very brave thing which is to go find people who are at your level or higher to bring you up um, not easy especially for introverts like I find that really hard and I still think right now like I still want to call in more creatives into my life and more people I can collaborate with and more people I can bask in you know their incredible aura 100% it's so it's amazing when you find other people when you actually find other creatives yeah it's so refreshing because I don't know if this is what, what it's like for you but it's, we just don't have too many friends who are creatives yeah so sometimes you got to go online to find them yeah sometimes oh my gotta, god yeah like don't gatekeep you yourself find, sometimes you gotta look outside of your circle like yeah you have to i mean a lot of the times you have to look outside of your circle yeah um you know coaches say all this all the time but like look at the people around you and you know are they bringing you down are they lifting you up are they helping you strive for creative abundance or are they holding you back to the image of what they think it is that you are mm. um this is an important question and a, and a quite hard one i find this very difficult because i am so introverted because i don't love to socialize the idea of going out and finding you know new creatives was very intimidating to me but i want to remind everyone it can be a really slow process um, and it doesn't mean you have to cut out your old friends in any, you know, that that's not what we're saying. It can be online. Um, you know, we don't have to be out there going to parties. It can be a slow and safe process, but it does need to happen for a lot of us. I think we do need to find people who are going to lift us up and challenge us and collaborate with us and, uh, you know, let us ideate with them. Cool. Next. Wow. You're really done with that question. No, we, because I spaced out for like 30 seconds, I was like, what's Amy talking about? <laughs> you need to go soon. Okay, hold on. How do you schedule the biz tasks you don't like? What an excellent question yeah, fuck, that I we mean, don't have a great answer to. Like that's the golden question, isn't it? Um, I guess, well, one thing we do, we're very lucky is we deli we like, we split. Yeah. And like, we really, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of dividing the tasks between what we want and what we don't want. Like, yeah. you know, you, I don't know. Like, so I really like the website. I like playing around with the website, like playing around with tech. I like. You do um, all the support emails. Support emails. Like, I, I really like doing that stuff. Amy hates it. 
yeah i hate everything you do all the finances having a partnership really does allow us a lot of freedom there but you know yesterday i had a really big poo poo day of doing poo poo things and i got a bit grumpy about it i won't lie to you be kind to yourself like yeah what's the you know what's the smallest task you can do now and how can you reward yourself i um if you're on tiktok you probably heard about this I didn't even know if it was from TikTok, but I really like it. Not that I'm doing it, it's just an idea. I can't remember what they called it, but it was like the something hour. And it's like an hour in your day. So like say it's between 11 and 12, where you have to do all the things you're absolutely dreading. It's got a really funny name. I can't remember. Yeah, I think I'm I'm, I'm semi-aware of this. And so you have like an hour in your day where everything that you absolutely don't fucking want to do, you just have to do it. Mm. And and like you have an alarm that goes off and you're like, fuck, it's like the fucked hour. (laughs) And you have to do everything you fucking hate. That could be a good idea. Yeah. Otherwise, like, you know, a lot of these things just need to get done and eventually I will get around to them. But I don't have a really good answer to you. I'm really sorry about procrastination that. Procrastination is one of the, like, most vexed problems for humans. It's like we're not... We're so... We haven't solved it, right? Like, no. We, we, give, we always try and give it a go. Like, but it's really fucking hard. And everyone's... But I think the, other, the reason it's so difficult is, like, it's very different from person to person as to what... Which is why, obviously, you know, in your book, The Procrastinator, it's very much about trying to get your reader to explore why they personally procrastinate. Because yeah, it's really yeah. fucking hard like, to figure out, like, everyone's... Most people have a really different approach to why they're not fucking doing shit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think a great thing about once your business is up and running is things just get urgency. Like I was just about to say that. A lot of the things I really don't want to do are very fortunately very urgent. Yeah, it's like if I don't respond to a support email from seven days ago they're gonna be like what the fuck is this business <laughs> like this fucking guy i emailed him and he's just not replying to me um and then like that's really bad for the business and then that person's gonna leave with it really disappointed and like they've had a bad experience and so. amy will be like but to be honest you like i think it's also important not, i don't feel i don't I, I don't like look at my support emails multiple times a day i do a chunk once a day basically yeah i don't want to have to be dipping in and out of that shit I also enjoy not that I not that I actually weirdly I do really fucking love doing support emails for some reason yeah it's like one of my favorite parts of the business but I don't want to be looking at it 24 no not at all we are also really different me and James are really we have really different ways of working here so I do lists James has never written a list in his life I actually think you've never written a list in your life they confuse me I thought a spreadsheet not a list but you'd never write a spreadsheet of things to do not things to do no I, you've never had any like I don't even know how you function anyway I have I a to-do list how, how and, and if I have like and I'll just write it all down and like eventually you know they always get done I don't I'm, know how but they do always somehow get done what was that tweet we saw the other day we were really resonated with it was like work like a lion it's like rest 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 sprint like yeah. rest eat chill sprint yeah that's it's very like, that's you. how I do it yeah. and once I see the prey I sprint yeah Makes me seem way cooler than I am because I'm actually a fucking loser. <laughs> but, you know. All right. Um, this question we're not going to really be able to speak to. And we've kind of already spoken to it a lot. And we'll do this will be our last one. But at what point did you make the leap to full time? Um, you know, and this is going to be so individual for for each person. Well, Amy was coming from a, well, zero income. To yeah. I've got to fucking make money right now. So anything I make is better than zero. Yeah. So we were coming from obviously a really unusual situation where i lost my job and um i was very 
depressed yeah. and I knew and I I've just been through the rigmarole of trying to get more jobs and I just couldn't get another fucking job and thank god I couldn't get another fucking job like I for some reason I went the marketing route like I was just in, and in publishing as well and I went to so many fucking interviews and I'm so glad that like some of the late like, some imagine? of the late stage interviews got to and I was just I was just like I think I dropped you off at one and I was like oh my god I hope she doesn't get this fucking job <laughs> and i hated it every you know we were talking about it today yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it today like when you're like please can i have this job i absolutely do not fucking want this job please 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 give me this job like i'm so deeply deeply grateful that part of my life is over because it was such a huge part of my life for so long uh, the begging for a job that i absolutely didn't want was just such a painful thing for me to do and i had to do it so often mm. and now i and then you know we literally were i was like i can't do this anymore i can't apply for more jobs that i hate anymore and so we took the leap and so we were starting from you know luckily we were, were living in james's parents house so again this was the this is where our privilege comes in because we didn't have we weren't gonna be homeless we had the ability to take the risk mm. um and james was working a bit at the uni and things like that so we had like we had we had the space to do that but for you you know in terms of when to take the leap chase jarvis talks a lot about this in his book about when to take the leap you know it's going to be so unique to you who you're looking after what your financial obligations are what type of personality you are how fucking done you are with your muggle job like you know how, how much your partner earns yeah like it's so unique you know do you want the pressure of you know really needing to make money um you know some people like maybe that's a good thing or maybe you do not want that pressure at all and you want to have savings and money to invest and you want to build it up on the side maybe you want to do the side hustle for a long time you know yeah maybe you're okay with taking a step back and in income uh, because you just like you can't stand i, I mean I, a lot of the grind of you go to your nine to five job and then you have to come home and do your second side hustle like yeah that's a totally that, i mean that is exhausting like there's it's not a bad thing if you can't handle that like most people can't handle it's that. so tiring and i want to you know just give you all a hug Especially those of you who are doing, doing that right now a long time. oh my god you know i just remember coming home from my fucking waitressing job and getting out my laptop to try and write and i just can feel the exhaustion it was so hard and i just yeah you're living two lives at once when you do the side hustle and i want to acknowledge that um it's but you know maybe that's the route you go down for a little bit of time so that you can build it up and then move over for it full time mm. it is really unique and you've got to you've got to do the work with you because there is no right answer yeah and just you know for the millionth time acknowledging all our privileges that allow us to do what we do yeah and that like we don't want to tell you necessarily follow our example because we had a huge safety net yeah we did so it's like you've got to vibe this yourself i know it's a shit answer but you got to vibe this yourself right like you got to really look into your own circumstances and see what you can how much risk you can take um how much risk you can handle i think i always i'm always a proponent of like you know a little bit of risk is always good but like do you want you know but that might not be where you're at not be not, not be you you might just you might really value comfort and safety yeah there's good uh tests online that look at your appetite for risk yeah um because you know like they make you do them when you have like a share portfolio i remember i was like when i worked at a um financial planning place lol they i had a, t a quiz to send out people when they were like looking at how risk averse or risk friendly they were yeah. to know where they wanted to invest their money <laughs> i'm like all the risk yeah i mean we quite like the high risk because it's fun risk it up baby um i'm never buying a bond in my life <laughs> no savings obviously account. james fucking crypto little cunt over there when i first learned about crypto i was like how risky <laughs> how much potential reward weirdly i don't play the lottery yeah or gamble you get the odd um scratchy 
Yeah, but it's more like a family tradition at Christmas time when we mm. play cards for scratchies. Mm. Like no one, no one cares about the money. Yeah, because it's like it's also because you're extraordinarily logical. You like logical risk. Like I feel like the lottery... I like doing. I like I, I like researching something, like understanding it, and then being like, I see where this is going, and I'm making it. Like even though, really, it doesn't make probably does help a little bit, but like still a big risk. Mm. It's like when I first heard about Ethereum, I was like deep dived into it, and I was like, wow, okay, this is fucking game changer yeah i loved it i could see the use case of it i was like risk <laughs> i don't know anyway yeah thank you for being with us guys um thank you for always you know we've had we had such good feedback on our last podcast um i thank you for seeing us and thank you for supporting us as we do what we love to do this is you know we're literally living the dream and we're so mm. so grateful for it grateful for you being on our journey also super grateful for all the reviews we've got so many you guys have been reviewing us cuties so much (laughs) reviews for cuties please more reviews if you haven't reviewed and you want to review us we really really like it also last episode was i think our fastest growing like obviously it's not our most listened to episode because that's like the episode that we did two years ago or something because it just accumulates views but like listens but it's our fastest growing episode yeah it's our biggest our fastest launch so awesome thank you so much thank for listening. you so much yeah um the other thing is i'm trying to put in polls at the bottom of our spot of our episodes which should appear on spotify so if you're listening on spotify i don't can't i don't know what i'm gonna do this week but i'm trying to interact with you guys and get you to <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm trying to yell to into talk. the void i'm please. trying to talk to you anyway I might just put like a little what do you want to hear from us or I don't yeah. know, tell us, you know, feedback or something. You you know, just say hello down the bottom um, if you're on Spotify and it'd be really great to hear from you. Yeah, it would be lovely. All right, guys, just we love tell you. Me, maybe you can compliment my new haircut, which you might see in the reels. Oh, I probably saw it last week in the reels. You know what? You've gotten enough compliments. Like my DMs are weirdly filled. I'm not even telling you them anymore. About my haircut? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's good because I'm self-conscious about it. You well, should be telling it because I'm still self-conscious about it. People like it. People mm. like it. Mm. It was called a pirate haircut today, though. Wow. Well, that's not bad. No, it's not a bad thing. I don't know how many Jews out there were pirates back in the day, so my ancestors <laughs> would be pretty happy with that, maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll speak to you next week, but thank you for being here. We are grateful. Um, yeah. Very grateful. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye.